The Gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's Gospel, beginning in the 16th chapter at the first verse. And Mark wrote, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they could embalm him. And very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? And then they looked up and saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone, and they walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white, and they were completely taken aback, astonished. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now, on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. And they got out as fast as they could beside themselves their heads swimming, stunned. They said nothing to anyone. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God of empty tombs, God of promises fulfilled, Strong, impartial, accepting, loving creator of all things. Roll away the stones that lock us in tombs of prejudice, limited vision, and unbelief. Help us to recognize Christ in our midst, that we may feel your touch, hear your word, and be moved to respond. Amen. Well, the fact is, said Rabbit, we've missed our way somehow. And they were having a rest in a small sand pit on the top of the forest. And Pooh was getting rather tired of the sand pit and suspected it of following them about because whatever direction they started in, they always ended up at it, and each time as it came up through the mist at them, Rabbit said triumphantly, now I know where we are, and Pooh said sadly, so do I, and Piglet said nothing. He had tried to think of something to say, but the only thing he could think of was, help, help, and it just seemed silly to say that when he had Pooh and Rabbit with him. Well, said Rabbit, after a long silence in which nobody thanked him for the nice walk they were having, we'd better get on, I suppose. Which way shall we try? Well, how would it be, said Pooh slowly, if as soon as we're out of sight of this pit, we try to find it again? Oh, what's the good of that, said Rabbit. Well, said Pooh, we keep looking for home and not finding it, so I thought that if we just looked for this pit, we'd be sure not to find it, which would be a good thing. 
because then we might find something that we weren't looking for, which might be just what we were looking for, really. <laughs> well, I don't see much sense in that, said Rabbit. If I walked away from this pit and then walked back to it, of course I should find it. Well, I thought perhaps you wouldn't, said Pooh. I just thought. Try, said Piglet suddenly. We'll wait here for you. Well, Rabbit gave a laugh to show how silly Piglet was, and he walked out into the mist. And after he'd gone a hundred yards, he turned and walked back again. And after Pooh and Piglet had waited 20 minutes for him, Pooh got up. I just thought, said Pooh. Now then, Piglet, let's go home. But Pooh, cried Piglet all excited, do you know the way? No, said Pooh. But there are 12 pots of honey in my cupboard, and they have been calling to me for hours. I couldn't hear them properly before because Rabbit would talk. But if nobody says anything, except for those 12 pots, I think, Piglet, I shall know where they're calling from. Come on. And they walked off together, and for a long time, Piglet said nothing, so as not to interrupt the pots. And then suddenly he made a squeaky noise and a ooh noise, because now he began to know where he was, but he still didn't dare say so out loud, just in case he wasn't. And just then, when he was getting so sure of himself that it didn't matter whether the pots went on calling or not, there was a shout from somewhere in front of him, and out of the mist came Christopher Robin. You know, the fact was, in Mark's telling, the disciples were nowhere to be found by now, afraid for their own lives after the events of the past few days. And it seems that whenever they thought about going out, they never seemed to get too far, and they seemed to find their way back to the sand pit of fear and abandonment and gloom. Because, you see, this really wasn't what they had signed on for. And all the noise of death and betrayal and Roman shows of power had once again made it incredibly difficult for them to hear the sounds calling them to come home. It seemed that for a time they were destined to walk in circles, unable to make their way out of the woods. Very early in the morning, the women came to the tomb, and they expected to find the stone in place, and even had wondered on the way who might be able to help them roll the stone away. But what they found was a gaping hole where the stone had been, so they walked right in. And once inside, they were greeted by a young man dressed in white. Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourself that the place is empty. Now on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there, just like he said. An empty place, filled only with the rituals of death left behind because they are no longer 
needed. Left behind for all to see that this stony dead place, this sand pit, did not bind Jesus. You know, it is really interesting to me that in all my trips to the Holy Land, one of the highlights for folks is the tomb. And there are a couple in Jerusalem. One is a recreation of a garden tomb, and one is guessed to be the real one, but it is now completely surrounded by a church built in 300 AD, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Everyone seems to want to go there. All these years later, we still want to see it for ourselves. We want to stoop down and look in and see for ourselves that it is an empty space. The open tomb is a place that now allows entry and exit. And we know how deep down that this tomb of Jesus is really just what our tomb will look like as well. Death no longer binds Jesus or those who believe in him in any way. The old clothes are left in the emptiness of the tomb. And we, my friends, are free. Now in closing, if Jesus went before the disciples to Galilee, there must have been something there to do. I know that we love Jesus, we go to church, at least sometimes. But if we're honest, even on this morning of all mornings, we really don't want God to mess around with us too much. We don't want God to ask us to do something, or for any of it to cost us anything. Even today, we would prefer for God to stay where God is, which most times, if we're honest, we believe to be someplace else. But Galilee was home. And if Jesus goes before us, and we are going to see him when we get there, home is where it begins. And I believe the choice before us now today is to find our way home, or to keep walking back to the sandpit. If we could only find ways to quiet the voices around us, screaming for our attention, we might start out on the way by listening for the hum of the honeypots, which is God's love for us through the knowledge and grace of Jesus, who waits to walk with us on this path, blessing us with a journey that breaks away from endless circles and stretches out in ever new ways to lead us home. To God be the glory. Amen.